Yeah, what's up? I'ma kick it with mine, y'all know. Here we go. Oh, we'd like to say good morning, good morning, good morning, good morning. This is Church Information and Open Forum. I'm Marion Barnett, your host. We each and every Saturday morning right here on KNON 89.3 FM, the voice of the people. We're here from 7 to 9 a.m. Uh, our special guest this morning in this hour, first hour, is to be... Uh, Dallas City Councilman Tanel Atkins is to be our guest. We haven't got him on yet, but hopefully he'll be calling in just a second. And uh, so much going on. School shootings, uh, things like that, and situations where everything seems to be uh, getting out of hand. School shooting down in Houston. School shooting there in Arlington, and your your governor have nerves enough to, to be criticized. Talking about he's gonna get them and he's gonna prosecute them, and, and he's the one who's put the guns out there for anybody, just about anybody to get. Yeah, you're supposed to be 21, but you know you can't tell who can tell the difference between a 19 year old and a 21 year old. You can't tell like an 18 year old. You. Yeah, unless they're really checking license, but it seems like we they just have free run to get weapons. And he's there talking. He, he ought to be ashamed of himself. Well, election day is coming up. And, uh, y'all know what to do. Y'all know what should be done. And when we get to looking at these situations, or what's happening, what's happening, what's happening, what's happening... Why we were still waiting on uh, Councilman Atkins uh, looking at that um, Highland Hills, that complex that blowed up. I mean, exploded. And uh, they've done some things and got people places, placing hotels in the area. But all of a sudden, you know, this happens every year. Texas OU football game, and, and them hotels want that space, so they got to get out of there. And uh, we'll find out. The city has been doing some things for them, but if you look at the thing, right, uh, the owners of those apartments uh, should be able to place people who paid their rent and. And then the apartment blow up, the building blow up, and then all of a sudden, that should be something. I'm sure they're insured and everything else to take care of uh, situations like that. We began to want to look at do we, how many of us have backup money? How many of us have backup money? And everything is something tragic was to happen. And we, we thank God that no one was killed uh, doing this thing. We thank God for that. Thank God for that. Because when you're talking about explosions and no one, the, 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 uh, the apartments were very crowded. They were very crowded and, and we were just wondering, wondering what's going on, wondering What's happening? 
just so much every on every hand. Your, your president, your president, he's struggling, he's struggling, he's struggling because he has a Democratic Congress that really don't want to work with him on both ends. The far left, the liberal wing, then those who call themselves uh, moderately conservative and all that, they don't want to work. These people, you know, it, it's ridiculous. And the Republicans are sit back just laughing at this whole thing. What are we going to do with these situations? We're still waiting on City Councilman Tanel Atkins. We're waiting on him. We want him to come give us some information by, about how this thing is going to work with the people that was living there in the Highland Hills apartments. Yes. Uh, and uh, I tell you what, if you have something, you'd, we'll discuss. It's open lines till our, our special guest call. In the 8 o'clock hour, we have... You know, Attorney Malcolm Robinson coming on. And um, so y'all can call us now at 972-647-1893. And uh, we'll start a conversation. Once uh, we just get started and uh, be waiting for the call from City Councilman Janelle Atkins. We'll be waiting. And uh, when we uh, see how things are going, we have to understand that there are a lot of problems, a lot of roadblocks on everything going on, everything we're doing. And what do you think about the school shooting over there in Arlington? 18-year-old, and a 15-year-old involved. A 15-year-old is shot. And uh, last I heard that he was in an induced coma. And the 18-year-old had this gun. And, uh, you know, it's just maybe something that we, 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 we need. Yes. And uh, when things are not going well, we, we still... In a community, we have to stick together. We must stay together. We got to work these things out. So whatever, let's get to the depths of it. Because, you know, the media is going to try our best. Uh, uh, who do we have? Um, Reverend Burnett, good morning. And uh, we have a bill on uh, line one. Bill? Yes, bill. All right. Okay. Alrighty, I'll go to him in a few minutes. Let's Good morning, Pastor Brian. Good morning. How are you this morning? Okay, Pastor Brian, I'm doing fine. How about yourself? Fine, fine, fine. Yes, huh? Oh, you go right ahead. Yeah, you. Yeah, you made a point earlier, uh, just a, just a minute ago, about uh, the Democratic Congress not wanting to work with the president, what, uh, and the Republicans sitting back and just laughing at us. Mm-hmm. And, and you're absolutely right. They're just they're just laughing at us, Pastor Barnett. Uh, it, it's just they're just sitting back watching us implode. 
what, what, what do you think about that? Well, let me see. Are, are, are you driving? Because I'm getting a, yes. a lot of noise in my, my headset. Okay, yeah. Can you still hear me? Is that better? Yeah, that's a whole lot better. Okay, uh, that's right. I'm, yeah, I this- think about it. What you have in the Democratic Party is a lot of philosophical closet Republicans. Yes. They, they're wearing the label to Demo- of Democrat in order to win. Yes. But when it really comes down to their voting records, they, a lot of them vote very, very Republican. We've, had, we've always had stuff like that. That the Democrats yes, yes. would be, uh, uh, which should be more moderate to liberal. But right. what? But what? Your senator from West Virginia and your senator oh, yeah. from Arizona and what they're doing is a travesty. If they it's don't, travesty. yeah, and in in the long run, it will help them. It will. If they don't care. They have another agenda. Yeah, they have something else, somebody else that gives them big money every year, every turnaround, they they getting money. That that's who they're listening to. That's who they're listening to. You're right, Pastor Barnett. They're not li- they're not listening to the people. They're not listening. No, not at all. Mm-mm. Not at all. They don't care. They don't even you know, they're so confident that they'll get elected. If they don't get elected in their Democratic Party, they'll get elected in the Republicans. That's right. Mm-hmm. They'll jump over there quicker than anything. Yep, yeah, they, they 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 feel like they're enjoying the best of both worlds. Yeah. This, this is how they are operating, and uh, but the, what the Democrats need to do, Democratic people need to do, is to observe these people close, and whenever they come back for re-election, uh, they'll have to go through a primary, and in the primary, Democratic primary, get somebody else. Yes, put them in. There. You put them okay, thank in you, there. All right, thank you. Thank you for your call. All righty. That clears the line. 972-647-1893. But we're still waiting on uh, <clears throat> City Councilman Janelle Atkins. And <clears throat> we're looking at things that are happening. We're looking at things that are happening. And things are gonna, <coughs> they're not fast yet. I don't think we've seen a hint of the tip of the iceberg. Those saying, I hate to say it, about what's gonna be happening with weapons, guns, here in Texas. Shooting Houston, shooting in Dallas. And they're going to be, they're going to, it's going to be more. I really hate it because I don't want see anybody getting hurt. I don't want to see any of these children getting hurt or hurting each other. But when you have a, 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 a rabbit bit governor like we got, uh, anything like that, when you, it might, might happen when you talk, got an attorney general, you know, a lieutenant governor. We got some people up there that, that's utterly ridiculous. Utterly ridiculous. And people, 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 the primaries are coming up. Please, people. Please, people. 
we got to get rid of these characters. Because uh, how do we feel like that, 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 that tree fell on his head instead of, you know, on his back? But this is not, this is not even sanity doing what he's doing. All right, Pierre, what do we have? We have a Koi on the line one. Who? Koi. Koi? Yes. All righty. Good morning, Koi. Uh, I do. It's Corey, not Koi. Corey. All righty. Good morning, Corey. How you doing? Fine. How are you? All right. The, the school shooting is sad, but, I mean, in all honesty, a lot of people going to get upset what I'm about to say. Uh, sad as it was, that boy did do self-defense. I mean, did you see the video? Of him getting slung around like a rag doll, and he was he was a, he was attacked like by two different people. I saw one person and this boy uh, fighting. I I didn't see the two. I'm not saying it wasn't. I just didn't see it. But the only thing that puzzles me about that whole situation that that 15 year old is really smaller than he is, and three hey. years younger. A lot of times there's more technique and strength than it is, you know, size. But uh, uh, those those kids, they were screaming, and it's been documented, they were screaming, uh, you know, gang, inf- you know, stuff at that, at, the, at that 18-year-old. And, you know, with the 18-year-old having the financial stuff that he had, uh, and it, it came out, you know, that he was getting targeted because he came from a well-to-do family. And, I mean, I, I myself was witness to a school shooting in the 90s in Dallas, you know. Mm-hmm. And it, it, it was over the same situation, you know. Was that the one that they made C.O. Smith? No, that was the one at Roosevelt. Roosevelt. Yeah, and, and, and the uh-huh. bad part about it, the bad part about it, the principal uh, came on the intercom and he told basically... I guess you could say disregarded the students' rights. He said anybody speak to the media or the press, he was going to get suspended. You know? And, 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 and it's sad. You know, whether it happened, you know, to to the, to the 15-year-old and, you know, what, what they were doing. Sometimes people got to forget, when you bullying somebody, sometimes you poke a lion. Sometimes you... Okay, but you have you looked at... The racial aspect of that thing? Yeah, I did. I did. did. What is it? It's black on black. No, no, yeah. No, no. It's something they did. They violated a rule in that they they never, ever break that rule. They don't show children under, uh, uh, under 18. Yeah, I understand. Had you thought about that? Watch yeah, the media and hit. We'll, we'll eventually find out what happened. Don't any of us really know everything about what would really come down. But they, they showed you the 15-year-old. The, the 18-year-old could be shown. And his picture, they kept it on the screen the whole time. It looked like uh, every time you turn around, his picture was there up on the screen. But that 15-year-old was not supposed to have been shown on television. Videos I've seen didn't come through TV. Huh? The videos I've seen didn't come through TV. It did. They did show it on TV. 
I know they did show that on TV. Well, I, then they're not supposed to show that video. That's a picture. No, I'm, I'm saying, listen to what I'm saying. They, they, the videos were seen, like, when they were airing them out through, through Facebook and stuff like that. You know what I'm saying? Not through, not through, uh, the, the one the news show. Look, the new look, show, they, they showed it on television and they they have this, you know, this right. thing that they don't show children under 18 on television who have committed, who have committed a trial, a, a right. crime. Right. And they did it with the 15-year-old. Right. They, I mean, that's something the news media and that 15-year-old parents going to have to work out. But work out nothing. They don't only do it when they're black. Now, they're blowing this whole thing up. Now, this kid is lying. They tell me lying near death. I'm, I'm concerned about both of these young men. I'm concerned about both of them. Yeah, me too. We haven't, we haven't learned. Yeah, but you said nothing about what this, this, this media here and the Dallas-Fort Worth Metroplex have done. Right. But look, with the media, it's going to come out. Regardless whether they did wrong, that's the issue this kid's parents have to take up. You believe everything you see, hear the media say and, and what no, you no, see? No I, no, I don't. That's why I'm speaking the way I'm speaking. That's why I'm speaking the way I'm speaking. I don't believe yeah. everything the media... Well, they were really they let you know. And one lady came on... Uh, I think that was... Who was that? Channel 4? Said uh, this was a... This was a vicious attack, a bullying attack. This was a sex offense. She judged. She was so gone over trying to get him convicted that she slipped up. She had to come back and clear that up. That was not a sexual attack, but she had to come back. She, but she was so gone home trying to convict this young man. Please, people, watch with, you know, yeah, a six-hour, ten-hour. Watch these people. No, they're they're yeah. going to all, had that been a white boy, you would have never seen him. Believe me. Listen to what I'm saying. Listen to what I'm saying. No, I got to run. I'm, I'm up against okay. a short break. Right. Thank right. you. Right. Thank you for your call and comment. 972-647-1893. We got up against a break, and we'll be right back. Yeah, what's up? I'm gonna kick it with Yellow. Here we go. Well, it's time to make that change. Come on. Okay. Hello. All righty. Okay. We'd like to say uh, we are back and uh, on the line we have Dallas City Councilman Dr. Tennell Atkins. Uh, Mr. Atkins, are you there? Yes, sir. I am here. How you doing? It's lovely morning. Fine, 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 fine. Man, you've been working hard. You've been working hard, and I've been seeing you running. And I, some told me just go out. I when I just want go out there. I probably catch you out there. But uh, what's going on with the uh, families that was uh, burned out or almost blown out uh, in the Highland Hills apartments? Uh, first, uh, thank you 
you know, for Reverend Burnett for being on the show, and thank you for coming out. I, I, I saw you on Friday out there in mm-hmm. Bonaire, you know, trying to make sure residents are taken care of. I want to get a shout-out to Bonaire Church. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, give them food, give them a gift card, doing whatever necessary. Mm-hmm. And I, it, it's just amazing that how our community can pull together to help our own people. Yeah. All the jobs are coming together to help our people, you know. That's oh, I say and uh, I want to also thank give a shout out to Carol and all of my colleagues who who have been helping support me. Also, she was the first with councilman showed up. Mm-hmm. It's just happened. I definitely got to put a shout out to Carol and all of them. Well, good. Uh, I'm one of her constituents. Uh, <laughs> I'm in yeah. District Four. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, to, to tell what's going on, Brother that there is uh, three buildings. There's one building that's got completely destroyed, and there are buildings to the right and to the left uh, who got partial damage. Mm-hmm. Those two buildings are probably going to take about uh, maybe 30, 60 days to get fixed. The other building, you know, is completely waste away. Mm-hmm. So we're trying to do, trying to get a need assessment that people who lost everything to relocate down to without your new apartment, whatever. We're in a process doing that. And also the two uh, apartments to the right to the left to try to relocate those for a temporary mm-hmm. location. It might be for 30, 60 days. In mm-hmm. the meantime, the rest of the apartment units do not have hot water and do not have gas. And really, because of that, there's one main meter for the whole apartment complex. So they got to turn their whole meter on mm-hmm. in order to get gas to everybody. Mm-hmm. So what the city of Dallas has done, we have moved everyone to one confined location to the Hilton Anatole. So we got roughly about 82 rooms rented out, maybe over 200 residents there. Mm-hmm. one roof. Uh, and those families there, uh, it's going to be there for five days. Uh, we, we do not know uh, how fast or how quick the apartment owner is going to get the gas repaired. You know, he has to have, have, mm-hmm. have other company to come out there. The city of got inspected. Apple Energy got to turn the gas on. We do not control that. That's something the, the apartment owner control. There mm-hmm. have been rumors out there that People are going to lose their lease, but they want to get out of the lease. They don't want to come back to the department. That's something that the city of Dallas out involved. That's going to have to be directed from uh, the landlord and the tenant. I do. I did hear that the landlord are going to let some people out of their the leases, but that's not my concern. My concern is make sure these residents who is displaced and make sure when they come back they got a safe place. In the meantime, when they're not there, they also got a comfortable. A lifestyle, quarter life, uh, way of with the short term. Uh, uh, what company own those apartments? I don't know exactly what company own the apartment. There, there's the absentee owner who came in. I met with him once, but my concern was not the who owned the apartment. My concern is the residents who got hurt. Hello. Yeah, I'm here. Yeah. Okay. Uh, now, uh, do we? Did it, it, did many of these people get put outdoors uh, with this Texas OU weekend coming in? That way, that y'all y'all had put in uh, hotels. Did they, did they get put out? No, or no, no, no. That, 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 well, Reverend, let me get this clear. Um, you don't live in a hotel. You don't rent a hotel room before. Uh, oh yes. Hotel, the hotel works this way. If you you if you're in a hotel room on Monday, mm-hmm. and they say, "Well, I want to stay the next day," they tell you. Well, you can't stay the next day because we got a reservation for someone else. Mm-hmm. 
that's just the business model. So when we found that out, not the day before, we found that out two or three days that when the hotel that has other reservations for other residents coming in, mm-hmm. we found that out. And, and what we did, we went to another hotel. Matter of fact, we had three different hotels we were renting, renting for these residents. Now we went to the high, the, the hill and the toe. Now we got one hotel under one roof. So they were not displaced. All those residents who's in those three different hotels moved to one major hotel. Which was the Anatole. Now, uh, you uh, you with the city? Uh, is is the city taking care of this? Uh, is the uh, hotel this, this, owner? This, 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 this is the city. We the city. We have been paying for the hotel and food, everything since mm-hmm. the incident happened, and and mm-hmm. uh, we are doing it because I think it's the right thing to do. I'm mm-hmm. not gonna have my people out on the street. Don't know which way to go. Mm-hmm. So I took the initiative myself is make sure that we the city uh, we help. We help the homeless, we help everyone else. And some of these people are homeless, some of these people are just, are, are just displaced. And mm-hmm. we want to make sure that we are taking care of the city. Now, we can't take care of the people forever, but, but it's not on the city. You know, Reverend, you got to look at the churches and the, the nonprofit. They all chipping in and help these residents. Because this mm-hmm. is a, a disaster. I mean, this is a hardship, you know. You know you had Definitely kids, so. Uh, we had kids in school who came home that had anything, you know. Uh-huh. You got trauma. You got all kinds of things that's going on here. The people going through. Mm-hmm. Well, you've been on top of it. I, I've seen you from the time I heard first heard about it. it looked like you you were there on top of it from the very beginning. Uh, but it, there there are some things that are is going to have to be worked out with the owner. Who who is it, y'all? You, you you're working, y'all. We're trying to work things out with right now. I, I think there may be uh, more different level of what's going on. I think the, the owner of the apartment, he got to make sure that he have his plumbers and whoever make sure that the resident is safe and make sure the building is safe, that the city has got a responsibility when we go out there and make sure the permit is, is correct. And there's also admin energy responsibility, make sure the gas, there are no leaks there. So there are more than one uh, level of uh, protection but we also got to make sure when the residents go they are safe uh, mm-hmm. going, into, going into those units but one thing mm-hmm. we cannot do we cannot control if some of the residents do, do not want to go back and that's their choice then also the landlord said hey I'm going to let you out of your lease I'm not going to let you out of your lease that's not, I, that's not our responsibility that's a landlord and, and the tenant which they got to sign a documentation so but but we are going to be uh inside there. We got for our houses, you know, they got, I know there's a whole lot of legal issues going into this um, uh, dilemma, but I'm, I'm going to stay out of that. My thing is to make sure those residents is taken care of and make sure the non-profit and non-table church and Bonner and all the non-profits take care of those residents. That's what, that's what my concern is those residents. Well, now, will the, st- the city will have to get permits and things for them to go back in there and by turning that gas on, don't, don't the city and the gas company uh, work together on that or what? Yeah, well, the, the key is, you know, first the, the landlord himself got to hire a plumbing company to make sure there's no leak on his part of his property. Once he hired the plumbing company and make sure that and pulled a permit, then the city will come out and check and make sure everything is, is up to par and make sure they got a green tag. Once that green tag released, then Appen Engine coming there and dropped that meeting and said everything's all right. So there are different checks and balance uh, how to get the gas turned back on. 
But I'm saying our job is to, when he's repaired, to check the meter. And once we say release it, then we get the after energy, and after energy, turn the gas off. Mm-hmm. But, but well, until that happens, until that happens, Reverend Burnett, we don't know when all this repair is going to do. So that's a question to the owner when he's going to be ready for to turn the gas, get uh, have the gas turned back on. Well, now uh, none of these. I I might be wrong, but I don't see where hardly any of these people are going hungry. Uh, I saw just stacks and stacks and stacks of bottles of water and their their food and boxes and everything. Uh, That's are they they are at um at the church? Are they uh, distributing? Is that the main distribution point where they get their food? They have many uh, drop-off locations, Mount Tabor Church. Uh, we have food drop-off at Bonaire, as you know. They're non-profit. The city of Dallas is, is taking care of breakfast, lunch, and dinner for everybody at the hotel. So they're not getting hungry. And we also got non-profit getting no gift cards, anywhere from $500 to $1,400 in gift mm-hmm. cards. So, mm-hmm. so, but, but we also have a management. You know, we always got to be responsible for the taxpayers. And what we're doing is we, we got a manifest and we, we, we got a need assessment. So, therefore, when the people get receive a gift, we are checking that out and make sure, especially me, I'm checking out and make sure these families did uh, receive a gift card or whatever they've done. And uh, we will find that out at the end of the day when we are finished uh, to recap everything. So, the family's not going home. home. That's yeah. one thing. They got a place to stay. Is there, is there a, a group that you know of or anything that's Taking uh, up funds uh, that um, people could give to to uh, help these uh, help these residents. Yeah, there there is a group. The fund I don't have that front from this, but I know that the city of Dallas is have a a a a, a number that is that is posted around Burnett. And before the show, I'll call and give that back to you. Mm-hmm. There's a website, and there is also a telephone number that you can call in. Then you said uh, Councilwoman uh, Carolyn Ong has helped you. Uh, have other council people reached out to you? Yeah, uh, Carolyn Ong was the first one to reach out because when I went to the site, and mm-hmm. she was the first one there at the site. Mm-hmm. And uh, Paula Blackburn reached out to me. Even former one, Councilwoman Jennifer Gates, Carolyn mm-hmm. Minister, the mayor. I mean, uh, uh, um, Alan Magoo, uh, uh, Alan Madrano, Omar, uh, Hammond Rosenstad, Chad West. I mean, I go on. I mean, every Councilman Willis. I can say every Councilman will reach out, including the mayor. Well, this was indeed a, a national story. I, I saw it on the national news and would hear it and see it on my telephone and on, on, saw it on TV. Uh Obviously, they were really checking out the response that would be given by the government of this city and everything to see that the uh, people were taken care of. And uh, y'all have done a good job. Y'all have done. A, you've done 
uh, a tremendous job, and I don't like. Yeah, I put politics in everything. People, uh, uh, now is the time you find out if the persons you elected and put in office, if they going to do anything, is when these people, most of them, they lost everything, didn't they? Well, Muslims lost everything. They didn't have anything, and 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 that's why that the city dial reach out and to make sure. And I do have a telephone number um, mm-hmm. that that you can call. Um, it's um, the call with a hotel, of course, or whatever uh, regarding apartments. The whole our city number is two one four six seven zero four two seven five. That two one four six seven zero. Four two seven five. You can call that number, uh, get an update. You want to donate? They can send you to the right um, website to donate, or whatever you want to do. Any kind of information you want to need, the OEM will, will handle that issues. But again, what you said, some of those residents lost everything, and and those are ones that we are trying to get a a a a, a, a assessment, a need assessment. What do they need and make sure they do receive what they want? And and, and that's what we, if you call that number, you will get that information and how those people direct. And you also can direct, uh, uh, contribute direct to the residents too. You know, you can call mm-hmm. them and talk to them and, and mm-hmm. see what they need. So we're not holding nobody up, you know. Yeah. I tell you, we're, we're up against a short break. And uh, you call me at 972-647-1893. We'll be right back. Yeah, what's up? I'm going to kick it with mine, y'all know. All right, we're back. And you, we're back with the Councilman Tanel Atkins. Well, I, I tell you what, I'm going to go on and take some calls and uh, sure. let y'all talk to Councilman Atkins. All right, Pierre, who do we have online? We have uh, Edie on line four. Edie? Yeah. All righty. Good morning, Edie. Good morning. Yes. Good morning, Great Reverend. Yes, how are you? Just, uh, well, winning in the game of life, Great Reverend. Yeah. Young yeah, with Councilman Atkins. Councilman uh, for reaching out and doing such a great work in the community. Mm-hmm. It's more like a team on the council. Mm-hmm. Things would advance further. And I uh, just want to thank you so much. You're welcome. I also wanted to say just briefly, quickly, Legacy of Hope for Dr. Michelle Morgan at 2516 Martin Luther King Boulevard. Uh, please, let's not drop that ball. Let's send money uh, so that Wellness Center can open. It is needed and uh, it is certainly desired. It could also be a landing place to get the vote out. There's a big billboard there. We need to embellish that so people can see it and move on with that project. All righty. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Nicholas line 972-647-1893. Who do we have here? We have Imani on uh, line one. Imani? All righty. Good morning, Imani. Good morning, Pastor. Uh, um, uh, good morning, Councilman. How you doing this morning? Going good morning. How you doing? Well, I'll tell you what. I'm going to a service for my sister. May she rest in peace. Um, yeah. The thing was finally broken, Pastor, but... Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, I'm going to build on that. Uh, councilman. Oh, man. Uh, one time yeah. when I was on the African 
I was on the African American Advisory, not the African American Advisory Center, the other board, uh, and the Casey Foundation when I was studying down there doing all the attention. Mm-hmm. The AI board. Uh, we, we did a count one time. Uh, Mr. Bridget, who was the head personal director of the, uh, the juvenile department of the Dallas County, and I was a, you know, a person of a mentor. I was a president. Uh, we counted all those churches over there. It was churches all over the place. I want right. to ask you something. Why can't some of those buildings open up? They most times they close, and why can't they open up? Uh, they nothing but buildings because they just stay up for twenty and off that in that whole district over there. Why can't they open up and 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 and, and, and make those places place where the people can temporarily stay? And because uh, that's really what the church is for. And why can't they do that? And, and, and one more thing, close some of the liquor stores over there. That would help and get a food store. What? What can we do to make the churches get participate in that in that area? I mean, everybody, not regardless of what you know, what your religion is. What can we do to get them to help out on this deal? I, I, I think there was what a couple of them that when the explosion helped, we didn't have the infrastructure of the church or whatever prepared to say, "Hey, I got two hundred thirteen people." I need to send them somewhere. It was not just a dust with children and everything. So they lost everything. So when you lose everything, you need food, you need clothes, you need comfort, you need to take a bath, you want to take a shower, you'll do all of that. And and most of the church did not have the infrastructure. I know we're in a process with the homeless is trying, trying to take care of the homeless. We can't take care of the homeless right now. So in this particular case, it, it was a city on our duties is trying to make sure these residents were comfortable and safe. And they also, it was a, a strategy. You know, they, they don't need some counseling no. also. So it's a different right. situation. But there's some churches is stepping up and saying, hey, yeah. we got places out there. You can come and stay and worship. But but right now, let us get through this crisis first and let us come back and regroup and find out do we have infrastructure. We can talk about it, but we got to have the infrastructure. Yeah. We got to come down to what is the plan and what can you do, what you cannot do. Well, we need to ask that question because I'm up with the zoning a little bit. And I want to ask you something. Now, I've noticed all these big old buildings down there. You know, they got these big old fence around them. They most time they close. Well, what, what if we can open those up and put, you know, put some uh, temporary... Because I know what Jesus would do. You know, I already know what he did. He went into it and throwed all the other things out and opened it up for the people. So we, what do you, how do you think we could uh, organize all those church buildings well, and close all the time? How do you think we could well, well, I, 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 I think first you can call my office at 214-670-4066. Uh, you can get in contact with Councilwoman Arnold. We are working on that. But first we got to have the structure. But first we got to have funding. First, we got to have repairs. First, we got to find how we're going to maintain it. We don't. If we do something, we'll do it for a long term. We do not want to do it there for a short period of time. Yes, sir. And child, the pastor. Yes. Uh huh. Yeah. We uh-huh. are meeting in Tampa, Florida. Me and Dr. Addison, Claude Addison, and me and Dr. Boss Watkins, Ice Cube. It's the bunch of us at the meet at the end of this month. We're All right. Fix this problem for our own community. That's wonderful. Where in Florida? We're going to meet uh, October. Just at the Dr. Boss Watkins, D-O-Y-C-E, Dr. Boss Watkins, or Palinomics. we meeting in Florida at the end of this month to fix our own problems. We don't need no money from, well, you know, other people. We need to fix our own problems. And first thing we need to do is open up the, open up the churches 24-7, like the liquor store. 
Right. Well, wait, wait, that, that's great. I mean, we need to open up. It's great to open up, but first we need to get infrastructure. We need to have a leader. We need to find out yeah. the city, the process, and code. Let us sit offline, uh, Reverend Brandon, and yeah. get everybody together. What we're talking about is this. We is all leaders. Everybody's a leader. We don't have. We don't need leaders. We need an organization, a family of people to work together. We don't need just one person or two people. But 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 you need a structure though. We got to be structured. We got to be yeah. organized. If you don't have a yes, structure, sir. you're going to follow. Yes, well, we'll be structured in the We're getting structured in the uh, fall of this month. So we thank you for you. Thank you, sir. All right. Thank you for your calling comment. That clears the line, 972-647-1893. Who do you have next, Pierre? Ike on the line three. All righty. Good morning, Ike. Uh, good morning, Reverend Barnett. Yes, uh-huh. Uh, councilman Ike. Yes. Okay. Good morning. Mm-hmm. Uh, my question to Councilman Atkins, first of all, I want to thank him for at least like Reverend Barnett saying is, you know, being on the scene and being up front, helping the people and make sure they get the right resources that they need during this crisis. But uh, uh, Councilman Atkins, uh, you stood with your community when they uh, didn't want that charter school over there in front of uh, Dart Station over there by the University Hills College over there, you know, North Bridges right. on University Hills. And I uh, you received a lot of backlash from uh, Dallas Morning News for that. But I just wanted to thank you because it's, it's time out for, you know, uh, our council members to just go with the money and not go with the community. But I understand there's a lawsuit against that, so I just, I didn't know if you could comment on that with the lawsuit going on, but I'll sit back and listen. But I personally want to thank you for standing with us because we are not, uh, uh, you know, we just got too many of the schools in our district that's threatening our, you know, ISD educations and our public schools. But thank you for that, and uh, I, I sit back and let somebody else call in. Thank you. Okay, thank, thank for that. Again, again, I'll just tell one thing to put up. On chairman economic development and, and rewind, I'm really supporting public schools because when companies come and say the dollars, they say how good is our public school. And Georgia and, and trustee farmers, it's sitting over there, you know, we got to make sure our public school is strong. If our public school is strong, then these big businesses are going to come to Dallas. Oh, wonderful, wonderful, wonderful. Yes, and our public schools have to take all the children, those uh, uh, private parochial and charter schools, uh, they can cherry pick. And uh, if they ever have to get to an education system where they cherry pick, you know who is not going to get picked in that thing in most cases. All righty. All righty. Uh, who do we have, Pierre? We have um, a long-time listener on uh, line one. Okay, we can only take them for about 30 seconds. All right. Uh, good morning, long-time listener. Good morning, sir. Uh, I'm commenting on something I heard earlier today about uh, these young people that are fighting like they are now, like Catherine Dove. Uh, did you see the film of the shooter, Arlington shooter, uh, of the boy being folded up like a rag doll by, by the boy that's in the hospital right now? Have you seen the video? Yeah, I saw the video, which I wasn't supposed to. None of us. That 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 kid was fifteen. Is was fifteen years old, and he can't. But I tell you what, uh, we are mm-hmm. dealing with uh, Councilman Atkins now. We're going to say uh, okay. 
Uh, good morning, oh, yeah. Jim. We have a uh, we have another guest coming up, yeah. but they should not show anybody. They have this rule: they do not show anybody under what eighteen years old. All right, mm-hmm. thank you. All right, thank you, sir. Councilman Atkins, we'd like to thank yeah. you for being our guest this morning, and you have a wonderful, wonderful weekend. Well, well, well let me shout out to my councilwoman Carolyn Keene on if she listens. That's that's my sidekick. You know, that's me. That's yes. my sidekick. I gotta give a shout out to her. All righty. Thank you. Uh-huh. Yeah. All right, y'all have a good, you have a good weekend. All righty. All righty. Okay. Pierre, you got it. Yeah. Yeah. Go right here. So, we have uh, Malcolm Robinson. Yes. Uh, uh, but uh, eight. Uh, we already had a, wait a, a break. Wait a minute, wait a minute. Do we have a break? Uh, no, we had the break, break already. We had the break uh, at uh, 7 40 already. Ah, so okay. the next one will be okay. at 8. And yeah, okay. Uh, Malcolm Robinson is on now? Yes. Oh, okay. Ah, boy, I cut that lady off. I didn't want to cut her. Uh, well, I, 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 thought, I thought we still had the break coming up. And. Uh, uh, Councilman Atkins, I, I went to see still. You still there? No, oh, no, he's, he's gone, gone, but he can uh, uh, call us back, of course. Okay, bring uh, Attorney Robinson on. All right, he's on. Good morning, Barrister. Good morning. How are you doing? Fine. How are you doing this morning? Man, I told him put me on hold until eight. Yeah, he doesn't put people on hold. He doesn't seem to know that, that, that style. That's oh, okay, what we okay. would do. And it, it kind of confuses things, but uh, uh, yeah, okay. you put them on hold and bring them on. Right. When okay. I call for them. That's the way. Right. That's all right. He, he'll catch on to it. All right. Yeah. Okay. All right. Uh, we got so much turmoil going on. Tell me, where do you see the most trouble? We'll do this before we go to 8 o'clock. We'll do this. Where, where's the most of the trouble in, in America? Oh, the most trouble is is with the uh, democracy itself and and racism. I mean, that's it. <laughs> democracy and racism. That's right. Yes. That, is racism point. trying to? Is it blocking democracy out? It is. Is that? Is it being proven that America? Uh, really don't want a democracy. They want a, a do they want a, a, some type of a foreign government where that we have a a sovereign ruler or something uh, under a kingdom or something. What is it? I'm going to say that, and I, my contention is that the main thing that some people or a significant number of people do not want is for African Americans to have any power or any influence mm-hmm. and, and and that's one of the reasons why uh, President Biden is having such a uh, extra difficulty mm-hmm. because there's some people who feel that he is significantly influenced by African Americans because of the way the primaries worked out in 2020 mm-hmm and they and therefore they think that he the African Americans have some uh, uh, power or influence, and mm-hmm. that's why some of the segments of the Democratic Party is reacting the way they reacting 
because that's not what they want. So they try to make it seem like he's controlled by African Americans. But the senator from West Virginia and the senator from Arizona, what would you do with him? Well, uh, the only thing that, that can be done is just have to wait till election time come in and put someone in there that's going to uh, support the agenda of the Democratic Party as opposed to having someone in there who is opposed to the agenda because they think the African Americans had a significant role in in establishing the agenda. That's 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 what I see is a major mm-hmm. problem. Do you think he's just basically the senator from West Virginia is just basically looking out for himself? Well definitely he's looking out for himself, but he also is from uh, apparently that segment of the party that, that uh, like I say, uh, the Democratic Party that do not want African Americans, and I'm going to say uh, there's other other uh, uh, persons of color, but specifically African Americans, they do not want them to have significant uh, power influence in the party. They have existed uh, since the 60s. There's always been that segment that fought against African Americans mm-hmm. having influence and 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 power within the party. Mm-hmm. Well, when we when we see uh, what's happening, uh, uh, that that should wake a lot of people up because we have neither the Democrats nor Republicans. Without the power of our vote, we are nothing to either one of the parties. Well, what did what, I say? What, yeah. Well, what's waking a lot of people up is when they saw all them. Uh, black individuals down there on that border coming into the country. Mm-hmm. And that, you know, a lot of, lot of when the people saw that, then now we had to be very, very careful because remember, when there was a lot of Hispanics coming up through the border, that's when that crazy guy drove all the way down there to try to shoot up all those people. Yeah, and, uh, we have to understand that uh, uh, did this expose Biden? Say that again. Did this expose Biden? Well, I'm not going to say that. I'm going to say that that uh, he he is in a no-win position when it comes to that because what he need to do, what he probably should do, will result in him not being there for. A period of time. I mean, you see what I'm saying? They, they, yeah. they he'll be in the office, but they won't, they won't respond to him because the fear and the resentment to a large influence of persons of color, especially African Americans and the Haitians, being I'm going to put those African Haitians is is a lot of people are reacting to that those optics. And and oh, and then they find out that a significant number of persons have been were led in the co- uh, country, and they've had children since then. And those children are American citizens. Yeah, because they are under that bridge. That's in the United States. There. That's right. And even when they were processed, they they uh, there's some that were sent back, but there's a significant number that apparently was uh, given uh, future court dates. Mm-hmm. And, and released into the country to come back and appear. Yeah, 
I tell you what, we're getting ready to take a, a, a short break. And when we come back after eight, uh, we will be talking about some things. Uh, there are a lot of people who really want to ask you some questions about law. It's going to be Ask a Lawyer when we get back. Attorney Malcolm Robinson. We'll be right back, and you can reach us at 972-647-1893. Yeah, what's up? All right, we're back on Church Information and Open Forum. I'm Marion Barnett, your host. And you can reach us at 972-647-1893. Your special guest right now is is, uh, Attorney Malcolm Robinson. All righty. All right, Attorney Robinson, you there? Yes. All righty. All right, uh, Pierre, let's go to our phone lines. Keep going. So we have Chance on line two. Chance? Yes. All righty. Good morning, Chance. Chance, Good morning, Chance. Uh, Rep. Barnett and yeah. uh, our attorney, Robinson. Hey, yes. I've got one thing. I've called in, I've told you this before. If we want to get the attention of Arizona, the state of your great state of Texas, and West Virginia, stop our black athletes from going to those major universities. Get their attention. The only way that we've got, as far as we've got in this world now as black people in the United States is through athletics. We cannot forget that. So we need to stop our black athletes from going to West Virginia, the Arizona State, the University of Arizona, the University of Texas, A&M, and we will get their attention. Thank you. All righty. Uh, Attorney Robinson, uh, you, you have any comment on that? Well, I mean, that's, uh, ideally, that's sounds fine, but putting it practically is it, more problematic. So we would have to have a plan in order to to uh, uh, to put into a place to try and achieve that if that's a, a goal that we want to achieve. Mm-hmm. We need a plan. Yeah, and, that would... And we're going to work on that goal. We're going to get there. That would okay. have to be strategic on that. Uh, well, now, we once upon a time we didn't go to those schools uh, that you're talking about, especially the ones here in Texas and, and uh, West Virginia. Arizona State been integrated a long time, and uh, University of Arizona been integrated a long time. But University of Texas didn't play its first black tail in what's 1971. Uh, uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Roosevelt Leaks, I think, was about the first one to play for Texas. And Texas A&M didn't have any blacks. Uh, uh, They, I don't know. But those states are controlled by their constituents. And it might be more Mm -hmm. beneficial uh, to try and organize the constituents to go and exercise their vote to change Mm -hmm. the changes in those states. Yeah. All right. I'll agree with that. Mm-hmm. Uh, all right. That, uh, let's go to another caller. You can reach us at 972-647-1893. Who do you have next, Pierre? We have Dave on line four. Dave? All righty. Good morning, Dave. How you doing, Brother Barnett? Fine. How are Brother you? Barnett. Brother Barnett, America... It's up on the uh, national, federal, Republican 
constitution and that allows for the Negro that's colored people and the black African Americans, I never did some one of them, to have your own Freeman Party like you used to have in 1870 to 1881. Uh, 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 that's what it allows for. This is not a democratic form of government. If you want a democratic form of government, you need to go to England where they have a house of law and a house there ain't no black folks in the House of Commons over there. This has never been a democratic, uh, democracy form of government here in America. Never has been. That's something that white folks don't lie to us about, and we don't say us for the lie. All right. Uh, uh, Attorney Robinson, you have any comment on that? No, no, that's, that's, that takes, that's going to take a little bit more. <laughs> before I respond to that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All righty. Uh, yeah, let's, you know, when, when we begin to look at what's going on and what pe- what people are saying, and, oh, Lord, have mercy. Oh, God. You're not going to have any power until you have your own political party. That's what we had the power once before. But and they got- political parties have to have numbers. And uh, right now, with uh, we are we're even not even the largest ethnic group, uh, not even second anymore as an ethnic group. We are number probably about twenty million by Hispanics now. All right, thank you for your call and comment. All right, that closes the line nine seven two six four seven one eight nine three. Who do you have, uh, Pierre? A long time uh, listener is back online too. All right, good. I'm sorry, long time listener, go right ahead. Uh, now that you got Mr. Malcolm on there, uh, does he know if that boy in the hospital has a lawyer? Does he have a lawyer? I, I don't know that. Mm-hmm. And and I'm going to tell you something. I appreciate listening to all this uh, political conversation. Well, one of the things that's wrong with our little boys here in the Dallas area is that the, the, brother, the brothers have left them out in the dust and the dirt. They like to make them, but they don't like to take care of them. We got some good brothers that do. Okay, but all this infighting that these boys are doing with each other, because I'm going to tell you something. If you go around to some of these college campuses, you're going to see some of these black boys that got it going on. Okay, I'm, I mean, they really got it going on. So there's no reason us to be having all this boys killing each other at 14 and 15 years old, okay, and and, and shooting up everybody. There's no reason for all that. These brothers need to get in the street and help these brothers. And thank you. Uh, Attorney Robinson? Uh, Well, I agree with that. I agree with that again. You know, you know, uh, uh, these these, uh, ideas are good. Well, we need to have some plans to accomplish some of the ideas that we are stating. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, well, it's just, it's just, well, the the plans, what we, we, what we need is an agenda. We need an agenda. And, uh. Active participation. Yeah. That's what we need, an agenda and active participation. 
is it is it the black male? I'm talking about men now. Is it his fault that he has not gotten his mind to the pos- uh, position, whereas he's cognizant of truly cognizant of what's going on around him, how he's being manipulated, uh, uh, how things are going coming down to cause certain things. In our community, do you think it's the black male's fault? No, I don't think it's the black male's fault. I think that that might be a, uh, when we make, when we enter into those type of discussions, it's, it's kind of overgeneralizing what the what the problem is or our assessment of what the problem problems mm-hmm. is or are. Uh, so I, I, I think that we need to do a more... Uh, Micro analysis of mm-hmm. what the problems are, and they may be different, different uh, problems and different causes depending on on the, where you are in the environment and all that. So I'm not going to overgeneralize and say that it's uh, black males or just African American males. I, I no, I would I would approach it that way. Yeah, but have we really gotten down to find out? and study our situation, true situation here in America. Have we, have we studied the, the manipulative messages and things that we've been taught in our school systems and other institutions where we might learn anything? Have we uh, thought about, do you think we truly have worked to evaluate what we've been taught? No, and, and, and again, you know, the, 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 uh, the critical race analysis, mm-hmm. we, we need to take a very close look at that and then come back and, and see what our thoughts are. Because like I said, that was born born in the law schools, and what it, in essence, to sum it up is, is racism codified in the law, and all you have to do is study the evolution of the laws and the rule of law in America, and you'll see a very clear picture of the evolution and the application of racism in America mm-hmm. and that's what it does and you can't run from that and that's why some people are so apprehensive and fearful of that mm-hmm. because between uh, laws that are enacted by various legislative bodies laws that are uh, applied and interpreted by various courts is racism all through those decisions and those statutes and the racism in the Constitution. Mm-hmm. All you have to do is read Article One of the Constitution. It jumps right out at you. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, if we focus on that, then we see what we need to do in order to try and change this system. But we have to understand what we're up against. Well, I, I look at certain things. I look at certain high-profile people. Even here in Dallas, black profile people, when they get in trouble and get in serious troubles, looks like 
instead of them hiring a, a, a good black attorney, they run high whites. Now they so black before then, but when when it comes down when they go to trial, they will hire white attorneys. Uh, how do you feel about that? Well, now that's the old subject that that we approached way back when I first started law school. Remember, I indicated to you that in the uh, yeah, I know you know I'm older than you. I'm pretty sure. <laughs> no, you're not. I think you and I are a certain age. I think I'm a few. Mo- I got you a few months. What month were you born in? March. You are do a four in March, won't you? Say that again. You do a four in March uh, next month. March, yeah, in March I'll be seventy-four. Yeah, I'm older than you. <laughs> 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 Don't tell nobody. <laughs> well, well, what I was going to say is, if you study the the history, uh, at least my understanding of my actual experiences in mm-hmm. the '60s, we went through enacting a lot of laws, civil rights laws, and, and voting rights, and, and, and uh, housing, and all that, mm-hmm. and and the education of uh, a lot of African-Americans in, in colleges. We had a large influence uh, migration within the institution, both historically black colleges and universities, as well as we integrated a lot of uh, historically all-white colleges and universities. In the 70s, we went into the professional schools, the meta- more in the professional schools and the medical schools and the law schools. Mm-hmm. And, and, and within, the, within the law schools, we got into a lot of these, that's where this critical race uh, theory uh, uh, came about. Right. As, as we migrated into the law schools in mass, mm-hmm. we started studying the law. Now, mm-hmm. the issue of African-American community hiring white attorneys, it was, it was addressed at that time. And it was more rampant at that time than it is now. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, Back then, when I first uh, started, uh, African Americans would always go and hire white lawyers and Jewish lawyers. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the only time they would come to African American lawyer is when the white lawyer, the Jewish lawyer, messed up their case or something. Mm-hmm. They were in, in in very much difficulty, and they had no money, and they wanted you to do everything for free. Mm-hmm. And uh, but that we have evolved more out of that. We have a lot more sophisticated, educated uh, public, African-American mm-hmm. public. Mm-hmm. And they will they will come to African-American lawyers and and and, uh, uh, a lot, and you represent them. Now you still have some uh, still approaches from the old, the old uh, mm-hmm. way of, of doing that. And they find themselves in, in difficulty, and, and as they find themselves in more and more difficulty, they learn the hard way that you need to uh, retain an attorney that can best represent your interests mm-hmm. and your values mm-hmm. and understand your situation mm-hmm. and can empathize with that and zealously represent you. And a lot of times, if you're dealing with a legal issue that has any uh, racial implications, 
you will, you will, it doesn't take a rocket scientist for a person to, to realize that they may want to consider uh, an African American attorney and or an attorney that understands firsthand the African American experience to best represent your, your issues. Well, I, I'll tell you what I've noticed. Uh, certain lawyers, it, well, it's certain crimes that people have, that, I mean, with big money have. Uh, certain crimes that they commit, that depends, that gives them the lawyers. Say, uh, if a man, a well-to-do man, or uh, any of them, get into a, a case where it's a sex crime might be involved, they will hire, seemingly, a female lawyer. Am I looking at that close enough? Well, well, say y'all, you looking at close enough? You looking at it close? I think all things need to be considered when you have an attorney that represents you, uh, and we're not just talking about the criminal law, but in all aspects of the law where you have legal issue and you require legal representation and legal advice. Mm-hmm. See, the advice and the consultation is even more important or equally important as the representation itself. Mm-hmm. So you have to have someone who provides you legal advice and consultation that can best understand and empathize with your situation, the situation that you're in, and the environment that you that you are in, and your values. So that, to me, the most important aspect of it. When you go and you talk to an attorney and you tell the attorney what what your problems are, you need an attorney that can really understand and relate to where you are mm-hmm. and put themselves in your place. And they can advise you under the law certain things that you need to consider. Attorney uh, uh, Robinson, hold that for one second. We're up against a short break. And it will be right back. Y'all can reach me at 972-647-1893. We'll be right back. Yeah, what's up? I'm going to kick it with the line, you know? Here we go. All right, we're back. We're back. Attorney uh, Robinson, uh, you were, we were commenting on uh, how uh, people choose certain lawyers for certain things on there. Uh is is being a lawyer, you are a family. Well, do you consider yourself a family lawyer? What type of lawyer you can? I know you deal with cases with families and different things like that, land and all that. What type of lawyer are you? Well, well, what we what we deal with, uh, we we deal with a lot of uh, real estate. We deal with probate, mm-hmm. uh, uh, wills, and trust, and we have concentrated more so in those areas because the probate area uh, overlaps in a lot of different areas, including family law, including uh, real estate, including corporations and business. But my back my background and experience when I first went into practice law was in insurance and. And well as corporate and business transactions, so I, I would concentrate a lot on small business development and and also contracts, uh, heavy in contracts. 
those are the areas. So uh, right now we do a, a lot of probate because of the that's where the focus needs to be in the, in the African American community because that's where the wealth is. You have to grow your wealth out through the probate system, and the 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 wealth is transferred from generation to generation. So that's why we focus a lot on on probate. Well, and so uh, you're more. You say you're a probate lawyer. Probate real estate. Probate real estate. Wills and trusts. Yeah. Mm-hmm. See, I people ask me. I tell them you. Well, I really I I throw some of everything at him. <laughs> well, well, we uh, we we touch upon we touch upon a lot of different uh, things because the probate area overlaps. Well, let's go and take take uh, some more callers. All righty. Good morning. Who we have? We have Barry's on line three. All right. Good morning. Good morning. My question deals with the first part of your program with the tenants and the apartment buildings. No one mentioned whether they had renter's insurance. Could you dwell into that if the tenants had any? insurance, preferably renter's insurance. Thank you. All right, Attorney Robinson, if they had, uh, I don't know if you know or not, uh, if the, any of the uh, tenants have insurance, we should have asked uh, uh, Councilman Atkins that, but uh, if they have uh, renter's insurance, uh, I guess he's asking uh, probably would they pay? Renters insurance is a form of 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 uh, property insurance. It's 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 somewhat equivalent to property insurance, where you have if you own a house, you have homeowners. Mm-hmm. But if you don't own a house, yeah, you you would get renters insurance if you rent. And and the coverage of that type of of insurance depends on on how the policy is written. Primarily, it covers uh, property uh, that may be. Uh, some casualty provisions in it, but it, it covers property. But it it, it may primarily cover uh, personal property, your your the the things that you have in the house. But you also may have a provision in there that covers uh, uh, in case you have uh, damage to your property and uh, a casualty loss, and it will provide it may provide some benefits for. Uh, temporary housing. So it just depends. Uh, now, whether they had it or not, I, you know, of course, I don't know that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know if Councilman Atkins knows what, what kind of coverage those uh, tenants have, but a lot of tenants don't don't get renter's insurance. So 
Uh, I mean, it's a cost thing, I think, some of it. I don't know, you know, the socioeconomic uh, level of the tenants that's in that, uh, in that property or not. And some of them may have had it, some of them may not. I'll put it like that. But it's the yeah. best thing, the advice is that if you are a tenant, you should get renter's insurance. Mm-hmm. And, and the more insurance coverage you have, the better off you're going to be. Mm-hmm. All right. Okay, go ahead. I mean, that means you don't just flat out lose everything you got in your home. Yeah. You, 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 you want to cover as much of the perils uh, P-E-R-I-L-S is what I'm saying mm-hmm. by your insurance and that's the that's what causes the loss of your property and the loss of your ability to enjoy the property property by occupying your your apartment or your land on, as a renter mm-hmm. versus a a, a, a owner yeah. if you own it you get homeowner's insurance and, it, and you want to make sure it covers fire and, you know, certain things that cover it, but then there's certain things that does not cover, and you need to know those just as, as, as much as you know what it covers. Yeah. That's, that's, that, that, that would make a whole lot of sense, and a whole lot of sense. Although you're renting, you still have spent money on trying to, you know, uh, develop where, where you're living. That's correct. Yeah. You still don't want to be left out in the cold. That's correct. All righty, 972-647-1893. Who do we have? We have a Randy on line three. Randy, all righty. Good morning, Randy. Good morning, gentlemen. How y'all doing? Fine. And how you doing? Yes. Uh, huh? I'm doing okay. I got a couple of little quick questions. Remember back in the day, long, long time ago, for hundreds and hundreds of years, everybody thought the world was flat, right? Right. Mm-hmm. Okay, but finally we realized the world ain't flat, right? Right. And everybody, pretty much everybody believes the world is round. Okay, when are we going to realize every time we talk about race, we are saying the world is flat? Because you... Brother Barnett, your skin is a different color than mine, but we are the same race, right? Yes, not but one race, the human race. And, and, but we are potentially from different ethnic groups, right? Right. Different cultures. Okay. Okay. Well, back in the day, there was some German dude, I think it was, that set up this whole theory of race between mm-hmm. the different ethnic groups. And the reason was... They want to put the white man on top, right? Right. Because they are the ones that were establishing hierarchy of, of ethnic groups in race theory. Right? Yeah. They did that in order to say, okay, well, we've established this process of the white man and then this man and then this man and this other kind of man as far as being the white man's the smartest. He has the should have the ability to possess the power, right? Right. And that now why it was set up for that whole purpose to make someone else think they have less ability cognitively and phys- physically uh, than another ethnic group. Mm-hmm. When are we going to realize that we need to stop saying the word 
race, the black race, the Chinese race, the white race. When are we going to realize to stop saying that because we are perpetuating every time we say someone's of a different race, we're perpetuating that theory that was put out there at our own detriment of separation. Because Brother Barnett, the black man, the Chinese man, the woman, the women, black, white, whatever color, we are more of a mass than this group of white men that say, that promote racism, that we help them promote. When are we going to stop doing that and detonate? Well, basically, most everything you're talking about really is even go beyond race. It's really color, hair texture. These are the things that really uh, seem to separate people. You'd be surprised how within certain groups, those who are of different colors in the same uh, culture and everything else discriminate against one another. So uh, it's more it's more or less a, a color line thing. We call it race, but that's what people have should become we used stop to. Calling it, yeah. Should we stop calling it race? Well, there's should only we one race, and that's is, correct. Should we stop saying the world is flat? And here's the question for the attorney. Ken Saxton, he has several felony charges against him. He's getting ready to run for office again, and these felony charges were placed upon him five or six years ago. Now, Brother Barnett and uh, Attorney Robinson, I've known several people that have been charged with felonies, okay? And their, their case went to case maybe a year later, maybe two and a half years later, at the maximum. How is Attorney Paxton, Ken Paxton, how is he keeping this off his back for five or six years now, they can't even establish where they should have the trial. How is he doing that, attorney? Uh, uh, Robinson, uh, explain yes. to us, please, how he can continue to do that, not go to court, and run for office again and screw all our lives up at the same time. I'm going to hang up and listen. All right, thanks okay. for your call. Mm-hmm. Well, let me just say this. They, 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 this radio show don't have enough time to get into a deep analysis of how how that is done from a legal standpoint. But let me just say this. You know, when, when you are in power, power controls and power corrupts. And absolute power corrupts absolutely. It's a corrupt situation that keeps him in power in the Attorney General's office and allows him to, to uh run for re-election and to serve with those indictments hanging over them. I, in no way in the world that would that, that could occur to me or anyone uh, uh, African-American. That's what you mm-hmm. And so that's, 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 so if you, the way to address that, vote him out. Mm-hmm. That's all I can say about that. Yes, uh, we'll see, but one thing, though, uh, party line has a lot to do with that because Seems like the Republicans, uh, they stick together no matter what. If he was a Democrat, he might, he, they might have gotten him. But uh, 
those Republicans and they're in power, they're not going to, they're not going to mess with another fellow Republican that they like. No, they're not. And, and, and their they main goal is to, is to obtain power and to keep power. So, mm-hmm. and where the, the Democrats, you know, they, they kind of all over the map. They got different goals from different segments of the party. Mm-hmm. But the Republicans got one, one main goal, to obtain power and maintain power. Mm-hmm. And then they use the power to keep themselves in power. So that's, that's, that's what you have to understand. But how do you think uh, we had started discussing, want to go into just a little more for a couple of minutes, the Haitian crisis, what they called it, Haitians at the border. Uh, is Do people are so upset about all those black folks at the border? Is this one of the areas where true history of this country another world is not known is why people so against those black people at the uh, uh, crossing that river well I think they've been against Haiti for for since inception right and Haiti is is implement, uh, uh, is all black mm-hmm. so uh, they've always been against you know, against Haiti uh, but I think that sends a powerful message in optics when people see all the black people at the border. Mm-hmm. And believe me, I, I contend that there's a difference. It may not be that much of a difference. There's a difference when you see all them black people at the border as opposed to when you see all those uh, Latinos or Hispanics at the border. And uh, <laughs> So you're yeah. saying they're, they're afraid, more afraid of those black people coming across the river? No question. Than no question. brown people coming across that river no question there's no question about it they do not they, they you know and the reaction to that we'll see more about the reaction they they would be more uh concerned about them haitians at the border versus all them Af- Af- afghans that was flown over here from afghanistan mm-hmm. and there's going to be more of a reaction and backlash about them haitians at the border but they, they're, they're, they're bringing the uh, Afghans in here right in our face. What was it, about 98,000 of them? And right in our face. Thank you for my Starbucks. Uh, and uh, right in our face. And then saying, uh, he had uh, one of his top officials was saying, no, you can't come into this country. You can't come here. This is not, we're not going to have this. We're not going to tolerate it. But at the same time, bringing Haitians in. And uh, did you hear an outcry from the uh, Congressional Black Caucus or anything on this? Yeah, yeah, I heard, yeah, I heard, I heard something about that, you know. That group with Maxine Waters and him had. I've heard some comments about them. Uh, yes, in regards to that, but I, but I, I think, but the thing that you have to understand, uh, believe you have to understand, is that the the policy of uh, regarding Haitians it was different than the policy regarding other uh, migrants. The Haitians, when the Haitians came ashore, most of them came ashore in Florida. They they wouldn't come mm-hmm. ashore. Once they showed up, they turned them around. They sent them back on those rafts. Say that again. On those rafts, or whatever they came over. Yeah, and, and many of them drowned going back. 
they sent them right back. That was the policy, as I understand it, in the United States. And the Haitians, that was that policy only applied to the Haitians. Mm-hmm. So they were not allowed to come come on to the soil of the United States and drop their babies to see any say so they didn't want all them black folks being born in the United States and become citizens. So they turned them right around. The Cubans mm-hmm. they let them let them step foot on American soil, but the Haitians they would not they were not allowed. That's my understanding. Now if, if I'm if I have that wrong, I'm going to check into it, but that's my understanding of what the policy was. Yeah, I remember when they had that argument. Uh, I'm trying yeah. to remember. I think Jimmy Carter was it, it Carter president, but you had a black man that was the one that was really turning them back. Well, he, well, he, he turned them back because that, 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 the, the, the Haitians, that, was, uh, that policy only applied to Haitians. It didn't apply to anyone else. That's because they beat uh the French government. They beat our European country. They feed them back. We're up against a short break, but uh, we'll be right back. Yeah, what's up? I'm going to kick it with the line, y'all know. Here we go. All right, we're back on with Attorney Malcolm Robinson. Uh, we, we have this thing uh, that's is Haiti the only country? What about those Arab countries? I mean, the Muslim countries that are uh, uh, that the last president uh, closed off. They could not come to America. I guess he well he wasn't using the pandemic on that on that particular situation. But there were certain Arab countries, which most of those countries they were in Africa. Well, black countries, he did not want them in the United States. You, are you familiar with that one? I'm familiar with that, but uh, my understanding was the emphasis on the black countries and, and those countries of color, uh, close to black, mm-hmm. uh, existed uh, for a long period of time. The emphasis on the Muslim uh, countries uh, started primarily uh, as a result of 9-11. You remember uh, that you know they 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 became the they substituted mm-hmm. Muslims for African Americans as being the ones that were the most feared and 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 where people were were apprehensive mm-hmm. after nine eleven. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you know uh, if you if you were if you were black uh, and I mean the Muslims. Did not uh, would distance themselves from black people if they were not black Muslims. In other words, mm-hmm. if they came from a country that was not uh, African or or had a heavy African influence in terms of color. Mm-hmm. They had a tendency to distance themselves. From oh those yes, countries. oh yes, oh okay, yes. So mm-hmm. so it all broke down in color, but some of that changed. After nine eleven, and you know they they wasn't just looking at color; they was looking at at religion and and culture and dress styles and all that. Mm-hmm. And and they reacted to that. And a, a lot of uh, Muslims who were here, uh, who were not black, they began to suffer the negative consequences yeah. of being a Muslim mm-hmm. in, in in this country. Yeah. 
All righty, let's go to our phone lines. Uh, who do we have first, Jason? We have uh, um, hmm, Joe on line two. Joe? All right. Good morning, Joe. Good morning, Reverend Ed. How you doing? Fine. How are you? Oh, good, good, good. How's the counselor doing to stay with you? I'm doing right. fine. <laughs> Look, just addressing that question that you posed just a while ago, Reverend Ed, uh, why, you know, you got people of color many times, they get in trouble, and rather than seeking out a black attorney, one of their colorful suites, they will go to a white. When you're seeking an attorney, and, and, and I've, I've been there on the several different sides, whatever, you're trying to get an attorney that'll get you the best outcome for your situation. And many times, the people that's going to have a lot to do with, with your consequences, they're not going to be the same color as a black person. And you can watch it, you can uh, study it. You got a lot of attorneys, especially black attorneys, but white as well. They don't want to go up against the law enforcement system. If you got a case that's dealing, that's going against, say, like the police, uh, maybe uh, some big uh, white corporate, they are leery about taking, especially if it's law enforcement. Now, you got like attorney marriage, uh, you got Crump, what have you, they're a little bit different. But I have been there. But what hurts a lot is that, especially with my people, we get we don't get consultation when you go in dealing with an attorney i want you to represent me what have you and you have asked for consultation a lot of times you're getting ready to spend some money or you're getting ready to get uh messed over you want a consultation and the standard fee around here that my experience has been consultation costs about 125 dollars and that is he's just going to kind of lay it out uh, what you kind of up against and what's the situation here. But when you go and hire an attorney, that's a whole different situation. Now, here's where I'm going with this. You pick, you're trying to pick a lawyer that would do the best for you. If you've noticed in that Bolton John case, did you see when that judge came down from Adia and burst that girl, the uh, policeman's hair and whatever you, she was sending a signal to the uh, the community, I would say, and I hope I'm wrong, to white community, what have you, that I'm not going to mess over this police officer. I'm going to be humane and fair as I can be. She came down and brushed her hair. When have you ever seen some mess like that? Because the judge was probably afraid. She's going up against kind of her, her outcome was going to be kind of against the system. People need to get consultation. When you start with the consultation, I'm almost finished. When you start with the consultation and you hear those lawyers say things like, well, ain't nobody going to get fired here. Ain't nobody going to get fired. If you are on a discrimination case, maybe you already know that you can see written in the paper. You don't want to use that one. Or maybe saying, y'all know y'all got them good government jobs. Y'all know y'all have to be careful. Don't use that Negro as your attorney because all he's going to do is try to get you to take a little plea and step aside because he's afraid himself because he probably put in for a loan at one of these banks and he feels he's white for won't give him the loan so he can expand his law. Have a good day. Joe, Joe, before you go, is he gone? Yo, I'm still here. here. Yo, during the 20th century, what was the biggest trial of this 20th century? Uh, 20th century, the biggest trial. Mm-hmm. That's probably O.J., what color was his lead attorney? Uh, his attorney was black. And he trusted his life. I know that's California, well, a different let me, place. Let me, let me, that, hold on. Let me, let me uh, keep talking here now. When he started, that lead attorney was not black. Uh, 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 Who are you uh, talking uh, about? Kardashian? 
Right. Cochran stepped in later because Kardashian was out on cruise boats and stuff, and the OJ folks said, hey, this guy ain't giving enough attention to this client. And they dumped him, they flipped him. And that's how Cochran rose to the top. He didn't start with Cochran. No, but the, the CEO and Kardashian was close friends, and some of his friends were close with Kardashian. But OJ immediately accepted Johnny Cochran when he heard that his name was being called. He desired Johnny Cochran. He could have chosen uh, some of those he had or what right, about. But, 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 but uh, uh, what was the top attorney in America, white attorney in America at the time? Uh, what's his name? Uh, uh, Barrister, what's his name? Yeah. Wasn't Kostler, was it? No. Uh, he was the top attorney in America. The, the top white attorney, you say? Yes, uh-huh. On criminal cases? Yes. Uh, oh, my God. He just died. Uh, wasn't, he, he, wasn't he on the team? Wasn't he part of the dream team? Yeah, he was a part of it. Oh, yeah, yeah. He came on later. Uh, uh, what's his name? I'm trying to think of his name. Hey, F. Hey, Lee I, Bailey. It's F. Lee Bailey. F. Lee Bailey, yeah. That's yeah, right. but they went with Cochran. Oh, F. Lee Bailey to be the lead attorney. Right. I, but I thought Kardashian started off as a league. Huh? I thought Kardashian started off as a league. Yeah, but they, 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 like you said, they really wanted to move him from that position. Instead of taking F. Lee Bailey, they took Johnny Cochran. Johnny Bailey Johnny became Johnny. part of the team. Right. I was not aware of that. But now, I'm going to tell you, coming out of the protest movement in Mississippi and what have you in, in other states, mm -hmm. what they used to do there, Miss Fannie Lou Hamer and those type people, they would, if a black was 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 jailed or prison, and they figured that he was probably uh, gonna not gonna come out well or guilty, they would get a white lawyer that could kind of plead a little mercy and to fight the case. But if they got a black, they knew he was absolutely guilty. I mean, innocent without a shadow of a doubt. They would get a strong black attorney so he could lean hard in and sometimes even clown him and. Shed light on the system, the unfair system. But a consultation, consultation is very important. When we run in, we half scared and we say, I want you as my lawyer. We don't understand. Many times you get ready to get taken because they'll get you to accept a plea and you'll be headed to TDC with about five to 30 years when you could have ended up a lot better. Yes, you get could. Consultation. Yeah. Okay, thank you. Thank you for your call. That clears the line 972 who do we have up here? We have uh, Leon on uh, line four. Leon? Yeah. All right. Good morning, Leon. Good morning. Good morning, Reverend Barnett and uh, Barrister. Uh, yeah. I wanted to make mention about something that concerned the school shooting. Uh, the lady said, uh, you know, that black men weren't uh, doing what they're supposed to be doing or whatever you want to characterize it as. You know, when they had Columbine and the shooting in Florida, no one says that uh, white men are not getting involved in their community and et cetera. And uh, you, you can't demonize African-American men because a school doesn't have metal detectors or they don't have clear bags or there's a proliferation of guns. Uh, African-American men are no more responsible for school shootings than white men are responsible for school shootings. And uh, that's inappropriate and it's not accurate for someone to say that uh, on this venue because it uh, 
it, it uh, mis mischaracterizes stereotypes African American men's participation in uh, what they're doing in their community. And I just want to make sure that uh, the listeners understand that uh, we need to push back against this kind of uh, demonizing and labeling African American men for crimes that happen all over across the spectrum. All right, Attorney okay. Robinson, you. Well, let me just say let me just say this as it relates to uh, Leon and and Joe. Uh, uh, I imagine uh, Joe is about he probably the same age as you and I are in <laughs> No, Joe that. Joe is older than me. <laughs> okay, he uses that old, he uses that old school philosophy that I was yeah. talking about. Mm-hmm. You know, and and let me just say this. Now, I'm gonna say this to all African Americans out there: if getting a white attorney was the best thing that can, since sliced bread, then why are you all in such bad situations now when you had white attorneys represent you? I mean, we have to, and and African Americans have, like I said, they're more sophisticated, a lot more educated, and a lot more aware, and they don't fall for that old philosophy about white attorney gonna do this and all that and black attorneys prepared to do this and do all that. None of that is true. You have to get somebody that's going to understand your situation, your values, and can empathize with, with you and your environment and your culture. Mm-hmm. That's where the African-American mm-hmm. attorney can be beneficial to African-American people. Mm-hmm. Now, and in terms of understanding the law, they, believe me, there is no white attorney that, that's better than any African-American attorney in terms of understanding the law. We went through the same law schools, go through the same process. Mm-hmm. And the other thing is the African-American attorney uh, has been able to, to grow in terms of their representation because we have been able to fight, get people out to vote, and vote and get, the, uh, get black judges and arbiters who are going to make the decisions on the cases. That's what determines the outcome. So don't fall for, well... I need to get me a white attorney. You know, don't fall for that. You yeah. go in with your problem, whatever your problem is, and you get the person that best can understand your situation and represent you zealously, mm-hmm. regardless of who they are up against. Now, I don't know any African-American attorney that is afraid to represent any person in, 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 in this racist system that we have gone up through. So... You know, I think I think we need to we need to make sure that we are more, we are continue to be sophisticated, educate ourselves in terms of representation. All righty, I tell you what, will you please give your number out because I'll oh. be talked about talked yes. real bad if you don't. Yes, it's two one four nine four one zero seven one seven extension three zero three. That's two one four nine four one zero seven. One seven extension three hundred three. That's the law firm of Robinson and Hoskins. Yes. Now, uh, uh, do you have uh, uh, any other way of uh, contacting your your law office? Uh, well, yeah. Well, you mean like you talking about like uh, uh, facts? Uh, uh, well, I mean not facts, my God. Email and Robinson and, uh, Robinson, Robinson and Hoskins dot com. All right, all right, yes, thank you. All right, thank you. Well, we we we're just about out of time and everything, 
But uh, we got callers still calling, trying to get on the line to you. We never can get them all in. But we'd like to thank everybody for calling, everybody for listening. Thank you and uh, Attorney Atkins. I mean, um, uh, Councilman Atkins for being our guest this morning. So may the Lord bless you. Keep everybody. Hope to see y'all tomorrow morning, 930, Marion Barnett really Senior. Marion Barnett Senior. Uh, it's... You, you know, it's Heavenly Joy Church tomorrow morning, 9.30, Facebook, on Facebook, Mary Ann Barnett you. Hope to see y'all tomorrow morning, and your Lord bless you and keep you. Y'all have a wonderful, wonderful week. Bye-bye.